cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, what's up everybody? Good morning. What's up? Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. This is episode number 556 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. What's up, Matthew Pelkey? I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Cyber Newbie, Scotty Scott, Matt McDaniel, Marco Polo, folks over on Restream, like, oh, hold on, it's going so quick here. Ana Sabri and Jamal Rice. Uh, Geez, obviously, we got Marcus Kyler and the Yeet Crew <laughs> representing the Yeet Crew, Matt McDaniel, Senfilis, uh, Chris Young, somewhere in here, I'm sure. Uh, it's all about good times, guys. Whether you're a first timer, a long timer, a squad member, just a cybersecurity community member, you are a hashtag Team SC member, like Josh Mason right there. The fact that you're here, you showed up, that's the first step, and it's a big step, and I'm super pumped for you. We got a great show for you today. Over the next 45 minutes, I'm going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day <clears throat> and giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories. So what can you do with this for like cyber risk reduction, maybe tactically put something in place, look for IOCs of threat hunting, you know, doing some threat hunting activities. Maybe it's more strategic, like looking at, you know, FY25 budgeting requests and stuff, kind of getting things uh, in place to replace legacy systems. I don't know. I don't prep or research for this show. I don't know what the stories are that are coming. So you have as good an idea as I do as what is going to be coming out of my mouth. And if you are new to the industry, maybe you're trying to break in. Don't think that this show isn't for you, my friend, because it absolutely is. We serve many audiences here. It's like a pitchfork. We've got multiple prongs or tines, I think they're called. I don't know. I'm not all fancy like that, but... If you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This right here, this daily cyber threat brief is a chef's kiss answer. Why? Because we cover the top things. You're going to hear terminology, concepts, threat actors. You need to stay current. And here's a spoiler alert. Once you get in the industry, once you eclipse that mountain, there's another mountain right in front of you because it's work every day. You got to stay engaged. But that's what we do here every single day. It's wicked awesome. Settle in. It's going to be a good time. Now, before I get into the news and start melting faces, let me shout out stream sponsors. Holla, 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 holla. My friends, Eric Taylor and the gang over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send hardworking, dedicated business owners into turmoil. But guess what Barricade Cyber knows how to do? They know how to yeet, yeet, yeet threat actors out of environments. And more importantly, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents and give that oh so satisfying, soothing 
um, proverbial back rub to business owners. Yes, Eric Taylor with the back rub. Check him out at barricadesyber.com. Links in the description below. So that's right of boom. If you want to operate left of boom, may I recommend Panopsi Security. Panopsi Security, get a partner who understands your cyber program and more importantly, your business goals. GRC, I'm telling you, I am on a mission. We're in year four of the mission of making GRC not just socially acceptable, but kind of cool. And I'm telling you, understanding how the business operates is where GRC thrives. If you need help getting budget, executing tabletop exercises, understanding how to analyze like which MDR service provider you should go with. By the way, if you like, for example, with the MDR service provider, you do not want to just pick the first one in the phone book uh, for MDR service providers and see how it goes. You get vendor lock-in, you have to like roll, like ramp onto an MDR provider, getting off one's a huge pain in the A. So do the work up front correctly. Panopsi Security can help you with those type of activities. So giddy up, get in there and go to panopsi.com. Links in the description below. Also want to throw love at Anti-Siphon, but more about them at the mid-roll because we all know what they're doing besides straight crushing it. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So say what's up in chat. Take a screenshot. Hashtag Team SC if you're looking for something to say. Mission Impossible, Brian Dub. I love it. Say hashtag Team SC in chat. Basically grab a screenshot and file it away. And when you're ready to uh, file your CPEs for the year, right? Just count number of files, divide by two, and that's how many you got. That's how a half a CPE works. Trust me. Two and a half a week, 10 a month. Just show up on the regular, be here, and you'll get more than enough CPEs to fill your bucket up. Trust me. And by the way, just as a personal aside, it is Tidbits Tuesday, which means at the mid-roll, I'll share something about myself. But as a little teaser, dude, back in the day, I used to hate when CPEs would come around. So I, I personally am happy about the Daily Cyber Threat Brief because I, I claim them as CPEs also. All right. If you're watching on replay, holla, holla, holla. Drop a hashtag Team SC in chat. Love that. Also, reminder, Chris Weaver is always putting the minute markers. I love that comment, and I pin it underneath this stream if you're watching on replay uh, on YouTube. So take advantage of those time marks if you need to go back um, and you know basically reference a specific story. All right, guys, it's all about good times. We've got I've got a special uh, announcement for you. Stay tuned to the end of the stream. It is Tuesday, which means I'm teaching. But I've got a special programming update, a long-term um, improvement to the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. So if you've got a, if you're a blue badge, a red badge, a yellow badge, an orange badge, you guys been here a minute, you know what's up. Uh, I'm super happy to share that we've got a, another process improvement for the sh for the show. I'm all about one percent better every day, and today I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that this is two percent better. This is significantly. Uh, a, a huge improvement. I can't wait. Um, finally, if it's your first episode, if today episode 556 is your first episode, there's 277 of you in here right now. Maybe one of you is here for the first time. Whether you found us by accident, someone told you about us, do me a solid, friend. Hit hashtag first timer in chat. Just type hashtag first timer, drop it in chat. We have a special sound effect for you. We have a special uh, emote for you. We love welcoming our first-timers and squad members chat alike. If you see a first-timer in chat, please welcome them. Open arms, supportive, inclusive community. That's what we're doing here day in and day out. 
The stories change. The ransomware threat actor names change, but the support inclusion, the love that is Team SC, that does not change. That is persistent. All right, my friends, do me a favor. It's all fun and games, and we got work to do. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let that cool sound of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I will see you all at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Tuesday, February 13th. Hey, Donald Hobson. I'm Lauren Verno. CISA releases repository security framework. The recent wave of software supply chain attacks clearly shows that hardening the open source <laughs> ecosystem remains a tough nut to crack. That's why it's big news that CISA partnered with the Open Source Security Foundation Securing Software Repositories Working Group to release a framework. The Principles for Package Repository Security lays out four security maturity levels for package repositories across the categories of command line tools, authorization, authentication, and general capabilities. These range from level zero with very little maturity to level three, which requires things like MFA for all maintainers. The researchers say all package management systems should work to at least level one for right now. Ransomware takes down Romania. Jesus, Lauren. Lauren Verno, she, she's on a, a mission to just run, run, run through these stories. Um, so, okay. Here's the deal. They mentioned in the story that like this comes hot on the heels of HHS's uh, HC3 warning of security risks uh, with uh, open source, source software. Here's the deal, guys. Um, th this is not coming hot on the heels. Like I appreciate the Hacker News writing this story, but allow me to point out something that's been in the works for quite some time. Open source security. Uh, I'm just Googling this, right? Security, public, private. Google, Amazon, uh, White House, right? Or I put White House. All right. So check this out. Um, this is from August 2021. Right? Come on. I have zero patience for this. Google, Amazon, <clears throat> Microsoft share new security efforts after White House summit. Okay. This is from 2021. And basically the leaders of the you know basically Fortune five tech companies met at the White House to discuss a public private partnership into addressing security threats in open source software. Okay, and uh, like Google release it release some tool that scans open source software. Like the big tech companies have been Microsoft owns GitHub. The big tech companies have been working towards open source security improvements overall. So like with all due respect, this. Like the HC3 thing, like that's just another like um, uh, feather in the cap. Also, really quick shout out to Zos the Goat Herd. Welcome to the party, welcome pal. To the party pal. And Duty Unwufor, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Love it, love it, love it. What is this? Um, Lauren's in chat with us right now. Is Lauren, Lauren Verna or Lauren Verno? Hold on one second. Is she here? Lauren, what's up? Yeah, Lauren Verno. Where is she? Is, hold on. Let's give her a shout out then. Because we're listening to her all the time. Where? Come on. Come on. We're supposed to get a profile photo here. Oh, there we go. Come on. Come on. 
Dude, I tell you what, I have zero patience when it comes to, uh, well, here, you can't see this like tiny picture of her, but Lauren's here. If she's actually here, what's up, Lauren? Good to see you. Um, okay, so let's keep going. Anyways, so Hacker News, I appreciate it, but the TLDR is this has been moving in this direction for quite some time. Um, what is going on here? One second, I'm sorry, I'm like melting here. All right, so here's the deal. Now, normally they, we've been talking about improving overall code repos, right? So like this code package or NPM, right? Th these things, but well, excuse me, NPM is a packet manager. Uh, threat actors are getting involved in kind of uh, hosing package managers. We've seen NPM quite a bit. NPM, um, cyber threat actor attack mods. Um, Hacker floods NPM with bonus. This is from April 2023. So this is one of these attacks, right? Flooding NPM with bogus packages. All right, so this is what they're addressing. Now, I love this. I'm a huge fan of a rising tide lifts all boats. They have come up with these different levels of maturity. Level zero, having very little security. Like that's so subjective. Who knows what to do with that? Level one uh, requires basic security, which by the way, thank you. Um, Elders of the internet for recognizing MFA is now considered a basic security control. Um, level two includes actions like requiring MFA for critical packages. Again, I thought we just, um, I thought we just said level one has MFA. So level one basically offers MFA. Level two requires it. Tisk tisk tisk. I'm a. This is one of those ones where you've got to pay attention to the words. Words have meaning. So this one, MFA is there, but not required. Boo! I, I say boo this level maturity. Uh, and then requiring it level two. Here's my thing. This is Here's my TLDR on this from a, um, a hot take perspective, all right? <laughs> Including this is fine. This is a great step forward. However, until... Like, how, like if I'm going to use PyPy or I'm going to use app get or you know apt or yum or npm or whatever it like these popular package managers how am i going to know what level of maturity like am i going to make a decision not to move forward with a certain package manager or package repo because it doesn't have a certain level of maturity probably not so again this is like a great first step but i don't see this actually modifying anyone's behavior in any way only if uh, businesses start saying, you're not allowed to like, like, listen, I need a software bill of materials and I'm not going to buy your solution if you're not using uh, level two package managers only, right? And, and be able to demonstrate that effectively. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, this is a great step, but this doesn't change anything. This enables future change down the road, right? All right, let's keep going. Let's go, Lauren. In healthcare management system, the Romanian Ministry of Health disclosed that a ransomware attack took its Hippocrate information system offline with many of its databases encrypted. The system manages medical activity and patient data. 21 hospitals saw a direct impact from the attack with 79 others going offline as a precaution. The facilities remained operational using paper backups. The Romanian National Cybersecurity Directorate said the attackers used a Phobos ransomware variant called Back My Data in the attack. Avanti Flaw. Ah. 
ah, I feel like I'm in like a um like a like a double dutch game with Lauren, like where I got to hit the 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 uh, pause button quick enough. All right, so a couple things here. Uh, remember everybody, or if you're not, uh, if you didn't know, um. I, I did work in healthcare for a number of years. So, you know, a little bit more informed opinion on this one. Romanian hospital gets hit. Very likely this has nothing to do with uh, like Russian Ukrainian tensions or Eastern European tensions. This is straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. And, uh, you know, the Phobos ransomware variant, I would call Phobos a tier two uh, ransomware. You do see it pop up from time to time. Uh, you don't see it. Um, you don't see the threat actors operating behind it, acting like donkeys. Um, you don't see it all over the place, but it is a ransomware uh, crime as an opportunity. Uh, so hitting a hospital, uh, okay, like sure, why not? Like it'll, why not hit you know Hyundai manu manufacturing or um, you know Minneapolis schools? Like it doesn't matter. Um, you, I've seen FOMOS in a couple random places. Um, now it it attacked. Um, and, and took down 25 hospitals, right? Basically, they went offline because their data is encrypted, their EHRs. Remember, a lot of times, um, they may not have been attacking the hospital itself. They may have been attacking the EHR software as a service. So all, all modern hospitals use some type of electronic health record system. Uh, it's usually you know a centralized database, whether it's on-premise or it's in the cloud. Uh, this allows a patient to go from hospital to hospital, carry their medical record with them. It allows way more uh, automation, orchestration, and workflows of uh, clinical care, right? So, you know, I come in, I, I say I've got abdominal pain. They admit me, they take my blood, they run labs, labs go up, labs come down, lab data gets pushed into my uh, medical record. Doctor walks in, immediately has data, intel, can make assessment, gives the nurse direction what to do. Uh, it flies over to the billing department. Billing charges the crap out of my insurance company. Um, I'm getting the medicine and my prescription goes to CVS, right? Like this is the benefit of all this like orchestration and EHR. So when the EHR goes down, all the clients, in this case, hospitals using that EHR platform are left holding um, holding the bag effectively. So that's what I suspect happened in this instance. Now they did talk about being on paper, uh, every healthcare institution that I know, I'm not familiar with European healthcare, uh, but in the United States where I've worked, um, they do practice, they're called downtime procedures. And because patient safety is so important, um, they do basically practice being on paper, usually for a day or two. It's usually during EHR or medical record system maintenance, uh, which is why those maintenance windows are so tight. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, as much as it's about patient safety, I hate to be such a cynical little uh, cynical Sally here, but like cash, it's all about straight cash, homie. In the United States, you cannot bill unless you have it documented that you provided services. Hospitals and healthcare are not a public service. They are a for-profit service in the United States and they need to bill everything. Uh, so they touch everything, right? So being down on paper is not good. Um, yeah. So, you know, basically if you got hit with this, that sucks. The one thing I will say that's very interesting to me, this kind of jumped off. Remember, I don't prep or research for any of these stories. One thing that jumped out like really quickly to me is like bold red font um, is that the threat actors are only asking for 157,000 euros. Dude, like with all due respect, three and a half Bitcoin, that's pretty cheap. That's cheap for a ransomware, um, especially if that's your opening salvo. Typically, um, 
you know, basically um, incident responders will negotiate down with threat actors. So if their opening take is 157, you might be able to get them down to like 100 euros. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not saying you should pay the, the threat actor one way or the other. I'm just saying this is a pretty compelling amount um, to charge, right? Like this is, this is cheap. Google how, what the average uh, ransomware payment is in 2023. It's definitely higher than that. To deploy backdoor. Stop me All right, if you've Lauren, already let's heard go. I got my finger before. on the button. There's an Avanti zero day under active exploitation. We've already covered the new zero day impacting Avanti Connect Secure, Policy Secure, and Zeta Gateways last week. Now, Orange Cyber Defense confirms attackers began exploiting it, finding a group using the server side request 4G to install a new DS log backdoor. This appeared deployed earlier this month on machines with Avanti mitigation enabled, but otherwise unpatched. Attackers use DS log to execute commands with root access. Hey, really quickly, I just this just dawned on me. If Lauren's here right now, and this is the first time that she's ever identified, I'm gonna go ahead and identify her as a hashtag first timer. So Lauren, Welcome to the party, pal. Our official greeting for first timers in chat, and I will be dropping the John McClane action on your head. There we go. All right. So, hey, you know, poor Avanti, dude. Is Avanti a public traded company? Because um, their stock's got to be um, in the trash, like at this point. Um, do we have like mods? Can you can you send me a link that has uh, if they're a publicly traded company and like their stock? I, I just want to see if it's like a downward spiral. All right. So Avanti, if you haven't been paying attention the last few weeks, if you went on vacation and didn't stay engaged, Avanti has been the definition of a dumpster fire. Like literally their VPN got popped, like really gross. Their policy secure got popped really gross. Now they've got this SSRF uh, server-side request flaw, which is a web app OWASP top 10 flaw. James McQuiggan coming in hot with the squad memberships. We just become best friends. Yep. Thanks, James. If you're one of the recipients of said squad membership, please thank James McQuiggan, Live Beat Labs, Andy McPherson, Dirk Swagger, Chad Birch, to name a few. Welcome to the party, guys. All right. Hey, so here's the deal. A um, couple things. One, if you are running Avanti at this point and you haven't patched it, if you haven't patched it, what are you doing? With all due respect, I, I am super supportive, super inclusive, but what are you doing? At this point, this thing should have been taken offline. Like, just deal with the operational downtime. Nothing quite gets the uh, business side moving quicker and opening their checkbook than operational downtime. But, dude, CISA required all federal agencies to turn off Avanti like two Fridays ago. China has been openly breaching the crap out of this technology all over the place. You can use Shodan to find vulnerable instances of it. This is happening. So they're deploying back doors. Now, remember, when we talk about exploitation, you've got to remember there's more than there's it's, it's nuanced. Right. So let's do this. Let's do this really quickly. Gather around, children. Here we go. I'm going to I'm going to turn into an old gray beard here and. The more you know, here's a lesson learned for everybody. The more you know, let's do the uh, cyber kill chain. Do, do, do. All right. This is a uh, classic, classic cyber kill chain action, Lockheed Martin. Okay. So remember, they're talking about initially um, threat actors were just exploiting um, 
the Avanti and penetrating in, uh, moving laterally, doing downloads and stuff like this. In this instance, they're down, they're popping it and then installing the installing this DS log backdoor. Which, if you go through here, um, Recon is obviously using Shodan or whatever to find the the uh, uh, vulnerable Avantis. Weaponization is just the exploit that is like out there and everybody knows about it. Delivery is sending that exploit. Now you popped it, right? Here's the exploitation. You popped it. Installation. This is where malware is getting put on. Now, this is what was happening, but this is actually where the DS log backdoor is happening because when you put a backdoor on, you establish a persistence mechanism, which means you don't need to do weaponization delivery exploitation anymore because if a threat, um, if a victim patches the Avanti system and it's good to go, it doesn't matter because the call is coming from inside the house at that point. They've installed a persistence mechanism that's going to their C2 instance and saying, hey, do you want to log in? Hey, do you want to log in? Hey, do you want to log in? And they don't need to exploit your face anymore. They're straight up wearing your pants, okay? So it's like someone breaking into your house because you left your front door unlocked and then they blow a hole in the side of the house and install their own door and then they move the fridge in front of it so you can't see that door anymore. And then like whenever they want, they just like open the door, move the fridge, walk in. And, you know, there you go. And if and if you don't have logging or something going on, it's like the lights are off in your house. You can't see them, but they're there walking around. So TLDR on this one. If you're running Avanti, what the hell are you? Sorry, Kennedy. If you're running Avanti, don't until you get it sorted out. And if you are and you can't take it down for whatever reason, the business then definitely look up this DS log backdoor indicators of compromise and go thread hunting in your environment. Put on your crocodile Dundee hat, put on a, uh, you know, take your shirt off, put a vest on, get a crocodile necklace, get a huge knife and go thread hunting in your environment for this DS log backdoor. Because um, I'm telling you, man, Avanti's a hot mess express right now. Russia reportedly using Starlink on the front lines. Ukraine's GUR military intelligence unit announced on its Telegram channel that they've intercepted radio communications, which shows Russia using SpaceX's Starlink satellite internet in active combat areas. The military agency saw intermittent use of Starlink in the past, but described it now as, quote, starting to take on a systemic nature, end quote. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk denied selling Starlink terminals directly to Russia, although some Russian volunteer groups online claim to purchase some for troop use. SpaceX previously supplied terminals to Ukraine for military use, but geofence usage in contested areas. The Russian government says Starlink isn't certified in the country and should not be used. All right. So you could see if you're watching on YouTube, I just dropped a cash rules everything around me. Cream. Valentino knows. Dude, this is straight cream. Okay. Like, yeah, Elon's not selling it to Russia. That would be stupid. But do you think that they're know your customer protocols are sound or do you think they're just cashing checks? Straight cash, homie. Bro, if NSO group is selling Pegasus no-click spyware to you know, only law enforcement, yet it appears everywhere in investigative journalists' emails and uh, rival political candidates' uh, phones. What do you think's happening? Dude, Elon, like Elon's one guy. Like, I get it. Love him, hate him. I don't care. He's one guy. He runs multiple companies. He's more focused on like getting to Mars and building like, you know, whatever, uh, Elon colony up there. 
there's definitely people who are in the Starlink business that are probably all about, you know, having another boat, having a cool house, having a cool, like, whatever, Armani suit, right? Whatever. I, it's cash, dude. And you can put, you can look the other way, right? It's trivial, my friends. It is trivial to spin up another company. It, like, okay, I say it's trivial, but like, it it's it's easier when you have money and stuff but like dude if you had infinite money right like let's say you're an oligarch how hard is it to spin up a company in united states or spin up a company in whatever a shell company in the cayman islands in grand uh, seychelles or grand cayman or where, who cares colombia argentina you know the what the falkland islands like who cares spin one up and then say hey we want some starlink action and then once you get it you just route it over to your 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 like actual use cases, right? Dude, I'm not I am not super clever. I am not some mastermind and I can figure this out in like 5 seconds, right? So, if they're saying that this is happening, then there's definitely some level of uh some telemetry of uh insight into like, all right, we're seeing Starlinks over here, we're seeing um, you know, troops using it, we're seeing traffic whatever. Dude, at the end of the day, the internet thing is here's here's the real challenge it is literally a like a commodity service with little uh interest in who's using it and what intent they're using it for right it's just a service providing uh a communication pathway for network traffic now again starlink's a for-profit private business it is not a nation it is like gone are the days where like you know Ford builds tank engines and, you know, Mitsubishi builds, you know, zero fighter engines and like, yes, like for the, for the national cause, like, it's like, it's straight cash, homie. This is honestly, I love capitalism, but this is one of the things about capitalism. That's kind of like a dirty secret. Let's go. And now word from our sponsor, Vanta. From dozens of spreadsheets and screenshots to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance and security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta is a leading trust management platform that helps you centralize <laughs> your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To learn more, go to vanta.com slash CISO and watch their three-minute product demo. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash C-I-S-O. All right. Hey, guess what, Lauren? Lauren's our avatar for first-timers today. Welcome to the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club. We do this at the mid-roll every day. Yes, there's the Vanta ad. Nice job, Vanta. Hey, guys, if you're getting value from the show, whether it's educational value or entertainment value, do me a solid. Hit that like button and uh, on YouTube and help other people find it. That's how first-timers get here. We got 443 of you awesome people today. Encrypted web traffic amount of people. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi Security. Love what they're doing, but I also want to tell you guys about anti-siphon training. Anti-siphon training is disrupting the traditional 
cybersecurity training industry by providing cutting edge, high quality education to everyone. All of you, Valentino, Johnny Five, Divine Dream Divide, Robert Cooper, Lara Flores, Carrie, all of us, regardless of financial position, we are, they offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun and inclusive way. They're always having new content drop. Go use the link in the description below to go to their pay what you can list of services and see the training coming up. Narmita D with a super chat. I, what, I don't even know what currency that is. That's awesome. Thanks for the super chat. Hold on. Let me do this properly. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, super chat. All right. So anti-siphon training links in the description below. I love anti-siphon. If you were one of the people who did active defense and cyber deception or SOC core skills recently, um, share your thoughts in chat. Let us know what you thought. All right. Guys, super excited for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. If you don't know about this, listen up. Royce Jones has the uh, baton right now. If you would like to blow up your... Uh, thanks, Matt McDaniel. Listen, if you guys want to blow up your professional network on LinkedIn, having a professional network is very valuable, believe me, but it takes a little bit of time to build. For five minutes a day actively... You can blow it up. Check it out. Head over to LinkedIn. Search for the hashtag that you see at the bottom of the screen. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Comment on the people who are posting with that chat. Royce Jones just had the um, the baton. Go find Royce's post. Connect with Royce. Connect to the people in the comments. And then comment yourself. Here's what happens. You add like the 10 people who are there. And then because you commented, the next group of people that come through to connect to the people in comments are going to connect with you, which means passively you're blowing up your professional network. Rinse and repeat every day. Believe me, two weeks time, you'll thank me when, when you're done. Hey guys, if you want the baton, Royce Jones. Royce, please tag somebody in chat. Let me do this. I think that's the right Royce. Royce tag in chat. Uh, take the baton, share your story, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and let the community join you. It's going to be awesome. Royce tag somebody really quick. We got a super chat. Steph Cluis. So grateful for the Simply Cyber Channel community. I got promoted to a GRC position yesterday. I couldn't have done it without Jerry and all the sparking my passion of cybersecurity. Hold on. This absolutely warrants a. I came in like a. Boom! Love it, Steph. Thanks for the super chat. And more importantly, congratulations to you. That's amazing. Love it, love it, love it. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, so Tuesdays are tidbit Tuesdays where I share a little bit about myself. I always think I have some clever thing and then I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, but I guess I'll just share. Hey, I've been super stressed out uh, with the Cyber 101 course and I'm happy to report um, that I got back into running. I, I just started running. I ran a couple times last week. I'm a huge runner if you don't know that. It's how I release and uh, for mental health and stuff. And I didn't run for like probably three months, four months. Uh, but I'm back at it. And uh, the good news is everything kind of came right back to me pretty quickly. Was able to bang out a 5K at a pretty good time on my first run back. So from a mental health perspective, 
Um, that's where I am. I know some of the mods know a little bit more about some of the uh, challenges I've been having. I do try to uh, be cool and not bring negative vibes to uh, the stream. Uh, but I'm very, very happy that some of the stressful stressors in my uh, professional life have have kind of dipped dipped by the side. Um, although, unfortunately, like a new stressor has presented itself. But anyways, like everybody else, just like you, um, you know, mental health is a real thing. And, and sometimes I deal with some tough some tough stuff. So I'm not asking for pity or anything like that. I'm just sharing a little bit about myself, which is what we do on Tidbits Tuesday. Let's get back into the news. Oh. oh, come on. Hive snitches get 10 million wishes. I love that title. The U.S. is no stranger to putting a bounty on a threat actor's head. Now the U.S. Hold on. Marquise Miller accepts the baton. Yes, Marquise. Let's see you. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Tag me on LinkedIn and we will amplify the hell out of it. Sorry, Kennedy. But it warrants, it warrants an H-E double hockey sticks. Department of State updated its transnational organized crime rewards program to offer up to 10 million for information on the leaders of the Hive ransomware group. It's also targeting lower level members of the group, offering up to 5 million for information that leads to the rest of participating individuals outside of leadership. This comes after an international law enforcement effort took down Hive operations early last year, including distributing decryption keys to victims. Wow. Azure account All right. So um, why arresting ransomware perpetrators is necessary? Yeah. They're like cockroaches, man. You bring down their infrastructure. They still have the, the, they still have the knowledge share. They still have the software. They will ramp right back up because you know why? Great cash, homie. Because ransomware makes so much money. That's why. Now, uh, snitches get stitches. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If your neighbor or your cousin or your ex-boyfriend uh, was in the Hive ransomware group and they're like, don't say anything. And you're like, I'm not going to say anything. Here's 15 million reasons why you might say something, right? The US, uh, U.S. government, 10 million. The Department of State, an extra five as a sweetener. Hello, I could disappear for $15 million. Um, now, I don't know. Um, you know, like you you choose your own adventure. Um, but I'm just saying this is uh you don't typically see these kind of numbers being thrown around. I would have to imagine that the US government has spent extensive resources trying to locate and discover um these hive ransomware. Uh, like main kingpin threat actors at the top of the organization with uh, little success. And basically it's a cost benefit analysis. Are they going to spend, they could spend 10 million uh, and get, you know, somebody to call them and tell them exactly where to look, or they could continue to spend probably more than 10 million on Intel and analysts and research and everything to, to do that. So um, I guess if you're a hive ransomware threat actor, um, you might feel a little bit of heat, uh, a little bit of heat on you. Uh, so anyways, way to go. You know, the interesting thing is, again, this is a, this isn't really a tinfoil hat thing, but this is more of a subjective hot take by me than it is uh, anything interesting. I find it interesting. I find it interesting that the United States is offering this amount of money for Hive ransomware where Lockbit and Black Basta and Black Cat LV are notorious, like tier one 
ransomware threat actors. Now, Hive is not nothing. They are, I would say, tier one. But law enforcement blew up their operation recently. Like, like when did they do it? They did it like in the last couple months, right? Like Hive ransomware takedown, right? G January 2023, right? So like just a couple weeks ago, all right? So I, I suppose maybe the U.S. government has spent so much money on this already that they're just trying to tie up the loose ends um, before, you know, the, the high ransomware threat actors can go to ground perhaps. But I find that interesting. You know, I don't, I don't know who gets to authorize like, oh, put a $10 million bounty on it. Like, again, I, the final thing I'll say about this, this just further uh, galvanizes the analogy that like the internet and ransomware it's like the wild, wild west, right? This is essentially a wanted poster in a border town um, with like banditos and, uh, you know, um, what do they call them? Like, like, like the spaghetti westerns, you know what I mean? That's what's going on in here. Oh, and thank you. Thank you, BSEC. That was a year ago because I'm a, because I'm an idiot and don't know how to uh, count. Uh, so a year ago, they took down the Hive ransomware group. My take, my hot take remains that they're still trying to round up. Targeted in new campaign. Researchers at Proofpoint released an advisory stating that threat actors began targeting operational and executive roles in Microsoft Azure. All right. I made a mistake, chat. Sorry. Everybody's like, ah, boo, you don't add a count. My bad. Environments with spear phishing attacks since November of 2023. These emails include shared documents, which redirect users to a phishing site and then installs a malicious agent to target Microsoft 365 apps. Once compromised, the attackers attempt to manipulate MFA, commit fraud, and obtain data. Proofpoint estimates the attacks targeted dozens of Azure environments, resulting in hundreds of compromised credentials. Researchers exploit ransomware encryption. Oh, my God. It's... it's all right. Hey, really quick. Kayla Sturgeon with the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, Kayla saying, thanks for sharing your outlet on stress management and mental well-being. It's important. I run too. Happy to share. I did a few 5Ks too. Yes. Very nice, Kayla Sturgeon. Uh, and former Air Force, I might add. Um, all right. So check it out. Uh, Proofpoint, which is a phenomenal email security gateway platform solution. I've, 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 implemented it in an organization and seen how good it is. So I do speak highly of them. I'm not uh, sponsored by them, but if Proofpoint is on the phone and wants to hang out, uh, call me. Um, they're seeing a pretty successful malicious campaign. It starts with uh, phishing emails, right? Classic. Dude, this is classic. They, they, they identify executives, high value targets. It's easy to get. It's easy to get email addresses in 2024. It's easy to get email addresses. It's easy to send these emails to people um, and then trick them into falling for it. Once you detonate um, malware um, through a phishing campaign, um, it sounds like what they do is they then move through Microsoft Office 365 and I don't know what they're doing, honestly. what, what are they? Um, they created dedicated obfuscation rules in the victim's email box to cover their tracks and erase all evidence. So that's just nice cleanup. Um, they install malware and let's see, they conduct a series of post-compromise activities like 
uh, MFA manipulation, which I don't even know what that is. Um, data exfil, they fish from there and then they do financial fraud. So anyways, the thing is, here's what you can do. This is the important part right here. They include embedded links to view document, which redirects them to a malicious phishing page. This is the thing right here you need to share your uh, with your end users. Let them know that there's an uptick in activity around this. Actually, there's like there's a couple things that have to happen here. Stream chats for uh, I fixed it. So here's a couple things. One, as a practitioner, right? If you're a cyber pro, make sure that your email gateway. Um, if you're in an Azure environment, right, an M365, if you're not in an Office 365, if you're a Google Workspaces person, this doesn't affect you. But many, many of us, many organizations use M365, right? So first of all, you want to make sure that your email gateways, uh, uh, phishing policies are turned on, at least at a basic level. Maybe you tune them a little bit. Two, absolutely want to send out a note to your end users about this and like really be specific about like keep it quick and short, but make it specific about this. And if you can, I, I can't do it on stream right now, but if you can find an example weaponized document that has this view document link in it so you can show your end users what to look for, what is malicious. Uh, two or three, excuse me, it redirects them to a phishing landing page when they click the URL. So again, if you don't like, hopefully you have some like wildfire PA threat and like next gen firewall that gets updated dynamically by threat Intel source feeds, i.e. maybe it'll block that uh, link from being successfully clicked. Um, you can also do uh, what do they call it in Microsoft? Um, Microsoft Exchange Online Protection has something called like safe links, which could help you with something like this. But if you're like a small business and you don't have access to all these great tools and resources, you're really your your first line of defense is your end users. Educate them because if they don't ever click on the on the email, that you know they're not going to get infected. They're not going to do that. And then the final thing, which is a tall order to ask for, but be aware, is um, privilege uh, permission uh, privilege management or least privilege is is the AC six control. If I can nerd out for a second, let me see NIST. 853 AC6 is at least privilege. Johnny, we have a winner. All right. If like I, guys personally, I like here's another tidbit Tuesday. I love being able to recall uh NIST 853 controls from memory. It it really does make me uh feel good. Um but anyways, make sure that um your users have least privileges. Like there's no reason, there's zero reason that an executive who's gonna be targeted by this attack should have tenant global, you know, global tenant access to whatever. Like, no, you should have like very little access, maybe read only, sir or madam, right? Um, also coming in hot from BSEC, um, MFA manipulations like grabbing tokens. Okay, I thought it, Okay. Uh, M365 threat hunting can help create detection rules if you are a practitioner using M365. And Proofpoint actually has um, indicators of compromise on their website. All right. A group of researchers from the Korean Internet and Security Agency, or KISA, disclosed a flaw in the ransomware encryption scheme used by the Reseda threat group. 
proceed to launch operations in mid-2023, targeting healthcare organizations with intermittent encryption. The researchers found the ransomware's random number generated used a 32-bit seed value from a system's current time. This limited scope allowed them to create a valid key to unencrypt data. KISA released an automated decryption tool for Windows, as well as a full technical documentation. Pseudo. All right. Way to go, academic research having actual, you know, real impact and value for society. So Recida or Recida, whatever you want to call it, this ransomware variant, I would call a tier two ransomware variant. You do see it uh, being deployed with some success in various places, uh, but there is a flaw in how they generated part of the encryption key for the encryption of the data. And this is what the security researchers in South Korea have discovered, and they've released a decryptor. So this is cool. TLDR. If you get infected with Reseda, you may be able to use this decryptor. Now, let's let's uh, peel this onion for a second and talk about this. First of all, if I'm the Reseda threat actor gang, I'm immediately updating my software to use a 64-bit RNG, right? It's probably just a different function call from a different library. They're going to fix this and move on. So going forward... Unless you got, you know, some variant or somebody doesn't know what they're doing using the old version, this decryptor is probably going to have uh, depreciating return. Okay, first of all, again, th threat actors with ransomware—they make so much money. This is a direct threat to their um, to their money printing machine, so they're going to update it. Second of all. I would suspect, I don't know definitively, but a lot of threat actors nowadays do double extortion. They do data exfiltration and encryption of your assets. So even if you do get encrypted and you do use the receipted decryptor and you do successfully decrypt it without paying a ransom, that's good. But chances are your data has already been exfilled also. And now you're dealing with that heartburn and heartache. So when you see a story like this, this is a win. We all high five each other and feel good, but know that there is additional impact, additional negative consequences. And this has depreciating return on its value to society. So I hate to be a wet blanket. I hate to be sand in your shorts at the beach, but, um, you know, like, let's not take a victory lap just that quick. Okay. Comes to Windows 11. Last week, we covered that an insider Windows server build shows an option to enable the popular Unix elevated privilege command sudo. Now, Microsoft confirmed an early preview of the feature will come to Windows 11. Microsoft product manager Jody Adumi called it an, quote, ergonomic and familiar solution, end quote, to elevate privileges. The latest Insider Windows 11 build now offers the option to enable sudo in developer settings. Microsoft also plans to open source its work on sudo on GitHub. Getting buy-in. Nice. Okay, so here's the deal. Microsoft is um, on a slow burn play to win over and woo over Unix admins. Okay, so this is literally, whoops, this is literally, what? Hold on one second. This is literally just a quality of life upgrade. This doesn't introduce any new functionality. You could have run, you could have run commands in a PowerShell or a terminal shell with elevated privileges before. 
This is literally a quality of life. Honestly, um, you know, like personally, I, I jump around in Linux machines and Windows machines um, all the time. So it's not uncommon for me to type sudo and it'd be like wrong or type in ls on a Windows machine um, and you know have it not run or type cat or whatever. Like, so like I do appreciate that they're trying to introduce um, common capabilities, common syntax and language across the two systems uh, in order to uh, use these things. Um, good point, Eric Taylor in mod chat saying that threat actors will just enable sudo now. So it does, it, that is important. So this is a quality of life for normal law abiding administrators, but it does introduce additional attack surface for threat actors. So now you're going to have to include, if you see the word sudo being deobfuscated in a PowerShell, um, script, or you know, in JavaScript or something like that, um, you can't think like, oh, it's Linux only. Like it, it could be Windows now too. So great point, um, Eric Taylor, and 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 really for everybody, like essentially effective immediately when you see sudo, you don't know what um, what system they're targeting, and it could possibly be targeting both Windows and Linux. It just as an indicator of compromise. All right, let's go your security awareness. Thank you, Lauren. All right. I want to say shout out to everybody, especially Lauren Verno for jumping in chat today. Way to go, guys. It's 8.54. If you were here just for the news, I want to say thank you very much. I told you there would be a special, um, special announcement. Before I get to that, I want to remind everybody that later today at 1 p.m. Eastern time, we're having um, episode number seven of of Cyber Starters, my new podcast. Um, it's only an eight-episode season. Season one will be ending next week, so definitely, if you haven't checked it out yet, come check it out. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of people have been getting value from it. Um, if you have attended, um, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you at 1 p.m. on the Simply Cyber channel. Also, uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, this is kind of cool. If you didn't know, um, where is it? Oh, if you didn't know, on Wednesday tomorrow, we actually have two cyber checks dropping at 9.30 right after jaw jacking. Really pumped that Erica and Jax and the two cyber chicks show has made the decision to come over to Simply Cyber as part of the uh, podcast media group. I love Erica and Jax, good friends, and uh, super excited to help support them and endorse them. Ben with the super chat. Ben. We just become best friends. Yep. Thank you so much, Ben. All right, guys. Let me, let me share with you what this update is. So many of you know uh, that I teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the Citadel Military uh, College here. And uh, jawjacking, everybody loves jawjacking. We haven't been able to do jawjacking consistently uh, with my teaching schedule. Well, uh, you know, I'm always there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And during the uh, normal times, I'm there every single day. Well, we wanted, we, myself and the entire mod team, wanted to serve the community uh, consistently. And what we've come up with is that, um, effective immediately, uh, when I am teaching, uh, we will have jawjacking on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
So let me tell you how this is going to work, okay? Let me do this really quickly, and you guys will love this, I promise you. All right, let me do this. So let me bring on Eric Taylor. Guys, this is Eric Taylor. Hi, Eric. What's up? Man, my camera is all sorts of fuzzy. Yeah, we'll get you sorted out. So, hey, listen, here's the deal. Effective immediately Tuesday's jawjacking from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right after the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing will be presented and hosted by Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber Solutions. On Thursday from 9 to 9.30, jawjacking will be presented and hosted by our very own DJ BSEC. Many of you seen have seen BSEC in chat. Many of you know him. He's an excellent practitioner, big Texas, uh, and he's going to be bringing his thoughts and perspectives. So we're really, um, we're really uh, given diversity, giving a different perspectives, giving different opinions. You may have seen BSEC on Slay Security Plus. Uh, so I'm super excited. To me, it's all about community. It's all about hashtag Team SC, and I genuinely appreciate it, Eric. And BSEC, who's off um, off stream right now, but in mod chat, um, for your uh, contributions and your commitment to see uh, that the Simply Cyber community gets uh, all this value. So thank you, Eric. Absolutely, man. Happy to be a part of the community and be able to help keep this thing going. I really don't know what's going on with my camera. <laughs> Can you um some some hey sometimes what will it works is put your hand close so it snaps on your hand and then it'll reset on your face. Now pull pull it down. Maybe light your face up. Your face is dark. You look like a threat actor, like oh. <laughs> making a making a, a, a ransom demand. Right, Dave Robbins go. loves two cyber chicks. What role? How do they fit into the portfolio going forward? So while Eric's getting his camera sorted out, I've got one minute here. So Dave Robbins, um, two cyber chicks. They're going to continue to make their show. Uh, basically, it's like a it's a collaboration, Dave. Simply Cyber has 117,000 subscribers. My LinkedIn uh, account has like 60,000 followers. So, you know, th they'll come on and because it's through Simply Cyber, it'll give a larger audience and a larger opportunity for more people to discover Jackson Erica. They will continue to produce and host and do all of the um, the show itself. I won't be meddling with that, um, but that's that's what we're doing. I think of it as like a Justice League thing. All right. What else we got? Uh, no big deal. We'll just pretend it's 2023 and not a good camera, Dave Robbins. That's funny. I did say it was 2023 earlier. Um, yeah, RM-RF, I think, fixes it, um, Eric. Oh, okay. A good reboot may do it, too. Well, if you want to do but, a quick reboot, do dude, it. We ain't got time for all that mess, man. We go with hot. We do it live in production. All right. They will be posting, cross-posting Chris Whitlock. Also, um, just so everybody knows uh, real quick, and then I got to go, um, just like two, uh, Cyber Starters, Two Cyber Chicks, and Coming Soon, What the Frock, um, they were all pushed and posted to um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you are able to consume all of the Simply Cyber content, well, it's whether it's the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, Simply Cyber Live, two Cyber Starter, uh, Cyber Starters, two Cyber Chicks, whatever, um, you can go get those audio on your podcast app of choice. And I, I would ask you if you if you have time, go subscribe or follow or whatever it is that you do in Spotify and Apple Podcast, because um, you know we appreciate it and it's cool. All right, Eric, you look a little bit crispier. I'm gonna let you go, guys. 
Uh, I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. Thanks, Eric, for taking over. I'm going to go teach. And until next time, I'll see you guys at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time for Cyber Starters. Stay secure. What's going on, everybody? So glad to be here. Thanks so much. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to see what uh, DJ Bisek is going to be dropping some knowledge on on the end of the on Thursday. So definitely make sure you're tuning in for that. Um, definitely need to get some music going on here. Need to get some some music. Let's see. Let's let's fire things up while we're doing this. Uh, get as normal, please. If this is your first time and you have no idea what's going on, I give I'm more of a technical uh, goofhead. So definitely uh, I will be giving you the perspective from that aspect. So drop your questions in on a technical manner into the chat. We are looking mods are awesome. Um, hey, J J Ian Michael. Good to see you, buddy. Fire over this chat. And what is... Oh, it's sharing that whole darn thing. Go look at there. All right, let's fix that. Let's fix that. There we go. Proper sandboxing. I should have... Let's see. No, don't add an extra camera. What are you doing, Restream? Too many shortcuts. Too many shortcuts. There we go. Though, did you know, if you did Google.com press space, it actually will search. It will start the search, so you don't have to actually go to Google. You just search right there in the nav, so... It is doing this again. Go away. Memorial free. Uh, let's do some nerdcore. See if there's some of that. Turn it down on my headphones here. All right. Hopefully that's not too loud. We'll kind of cycle through these things a little bit. That's a little corny. All right. I'll find something. Um, looking in the chat, I don't see anything quite yet. Jobs week going well. Going well. Oh, you know what? I'll talk about something. So one hundred strong. Yeah. Anyway, um, the one thing that was brought up in the stories is the Azure, uh, Azure situation, and there's something that. Even the basic CIS controls will require, and this is something we're actually, I'm trying to actually figure out even in our organization, especially since we're small, um, you know, how do we do two global, two break glass, if you will, global admins in case, you know, I lose access to my account or whatever the case may be. And kind of go from there, you know, how do you potentially do, you know, administrative work um, with not being your daily workstation, right? So it's a little bit easier inside of an on-premise environment. So you have like, uh, you have your normal workstation, your quote-unquote daily driver that you will end up using. And then, like, maybe to the side of you, you have your administrative workstation that has all the rights and privileges and stuff like that. Um, 
so it's definitely a little bit interesting to kind of uh, figure out, you know, how to exactly do that, you know, in an effective manner, right? So we may get some YouTube ads here. Oh, this is beachfront. Yeah, all right. We'll do a little beachy. Uh, hey, Eric, I've logged in too many times into my new laptop and it's asking me for a catchphrase I don't have. Go fishing? I mean, you had to set it up, right? So, um, just wait 10, 15 minutes until the, uh, until it kind of goes away and then you can try again. Uh, if it's Azure AD joined, that, um, you know, try to get into it from there and just reset your password, right? Um... Hey Eric, do you think bug bounty hunting is good experience while still in uni, or is it too difficult? I don't know the term uni. I'm being told, lower the music down just a couple of notches. I, I, Kimberly can fix it. Thank you so much. Uh, there we go. Yeah, this one's a little... Let's see, um, I don't know the term uni, but I will say that Bug Bounty, at least for me, was really, really awesome. It really was, because, you know, if you know my story, you know, I got busted by the FBI, I did a bunch of stuff that, um, you know, I was, I was Marine Corps, the Naval Band, whatever, okay. Um, the tribute to the military people out there, the, um... Bug Bounty was definitely still very, very good for me because it was a way for me to test one that I can still do it, that I'm real, I'm still good at it. Um, also, I'm being told uni is university, aka college. Thank you so much. I'm a boomer. <laughs> um, so, you know, it does give you a lot of perspective, right? So going through that whole thing it was good for me it may not be good for everybody but it is uh it was good for me i liked it um you know there's a running joke of people who know me is don't ever let me get bored because i'll start hacking shit Oops, sorry uh, i'll start hacking crap all right Carrie says, 744 days and no coffee. All right. This pot's to you, Carrie. <laughs> and yes, people have asked me before. Yes, I'm a massive Dunkin', um, Dunkin Donuts fan. Um, I only really drink Starbucks if I'm traveling and I need something really strong to get me through the activities of the things that I'm doing. Um, and that's kind of the way it's been going. So um, let's just go. I'm just tired of this so we'll just do spotify i think i gotta log into an account though if i do this all right uh well i'm trying to find some we'll just do this tried and true 
It's Lenovo. It's not. So I'm going to assume EM that this is not tied to an Azure Active Directory. Um, I will make assumptions. You know, assumptions being the mother of all evil. Um, that it is, you know, tied to potentially a Microsoft account, things of that nature. The pro if it's tied to a Microsoft account, the biggest problem you're going to have, bud, is you're signing in with your Microsoft cert, uh, account, and anything that's tied to that is going to pretty much be wiped when you set up a new, because you're going to have to set up a new Microsoft account to, if you wipe that computer. So that's a, uh, that's a whole different thing. Yes, I was busted by the FBI. So there's actually a couple of stories, and you know, um, you know, we'll give some teasers here too, right? So. Um, to cyber chickies. Um, so I did, I don't want to print you. I did put it on my stream, but I think this might be, let me mute this. You know, I'm... Oh, for those who are watching, please, for the love of God and everything holy, don't use a Terra. Freaking RMM disaster. Uh, this is my channel. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch my channel. Um, there we go. Two cyber chicks. So, you know, not to go at nauseum, but definitely listen. Yep. So here. Definitely give that a listen. So. More people, uh, Talking about, you know, me being a boomer. I believe you need university. Yep, yep. The dolphins. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, as Kimberly said, you know, drop them with a cue so that way I can see them as I'm trying to scroll through this. mornings by any chance you know of any courses from the hackers arise website with occupy the web i do not um i i do not i don't know of occupy the web i will research it what flavor uh or fave flavor when you have to work so when I'm just home, you know, every day grinding it, you know, it's just a regular uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, roast that I typically use. Um, if I'm traveling, then it's caramel macchiato because, you know, I like to be bougie sometimes, I guess. Only buy Starbucks. So not to obsec myself, but 
where I live, there's actually a Starbucks closer than Dunkin'. Not by f- much, but it's still closer. And I still go to Dunkin'. All right, mod chat. Kimberly Fix it can freaking is shredding y'all's questions over in the mod chat. I love it, love it, love it. So it looks like I need to get caught up a little bit. Jacasley Joseph says, it's always caramel macchiato. Yes. Oh, here... Yo, I have not heard Mass Effect in a long time. Oh, will we get copyright, like massive copyright on that one? Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, that's an official soundtrack. We will probably get so much copyright ban. Alright, we won't do that. Um, Zelda's good, but I, I, the Zelda tune will just make me go psychotic. Anyway, over to the mod chat. Um, Cybertron asked, why why would a company use Active, Active Directory and Azure on the same network? Cybertron, I'm glad you asked that. Simplicity. And it actually will push. So there is a application called Azure Active Directory Sync that you will put on your domain controller. So you actually pass the same permissions from your local environment to your cloud environment, especially when you're trying to invoke SSO and use an Azure AD as your single LDAP authentication source. Sorry if I'm going way, way technical, but I'll probably geek out here for a second. Like I told you, Dr. Joe Dozier is more of a practical, philosophical type of thing. I'm more boots on the ground and, you know, doing all this garbage day in and day out. But, you know, if you set up Bob Jones in your local infrastructure, you know, a new employee coming in, within about 10 minutes, you know, it syncs up from your local Active Directory up to the Azure um, AD and, you know, all back, they set up their emails, you know, all that stuff. So it, it, it helps out a lot, especially... Uh, trying to keep a synchronization going on between your local and your cloud infrastructure. So that's why they created it. I do believe in, I think it was server 2016 essentials and standard. They started allowing you to join your local domain into an Azure instance natively without the Azure AD sync tool. Um, Cody Buster asks, Hey, do you see the Google CyberSec cert to prepare for the Sec Plus? Oh, that was right above this one. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know a whole lot about the Google Cyber, uh, the Google CyberSec cert. Um, I know a lot of them from what I've seen at, again, 30,000 foot view. Um, to see how this thing is going, or sorry, caught an email, um, that it's, a lot of it is very elementary, uh, entry level type of stuff. So if that stays the case, sure. Um, 
I don't know if it'll help you really prepare for the security plus though, but it may it'll be a step uh, a stepping stone. Um, let's see. Question: Has it anyone have a crossover to Geo Safeguards and the? There, I think there, Robert. I do believe if you Google it, there is some on there. To be honest with you, um, Miles, if you don't see anything for 800-171, just Google SM, uh, CMMC. It's practically the same thing because our U.S. government's cybersecurity is so robust that they even aborted their freaking um, their own uh, security standard to go with something that was already there. It's a really an effing train wreck. Would a potential employer consider lab work and CTFs in place of job experience? No, I don't think so. However, it would show initiative. But I don't think, you know, by any means it will go under job experience. If nothing else, it would be a stretch, but you can use it as part of education. So, you know, if I see somebody that's got a resume with... You know, while they're going to school full-time or what appears to be full-time and they're hitting up, you know, labs or hitting up, you know, all these other things, you know, to me that shows initiative that they're trying to advance themselves, right? Um, question by, by any chance, do you know the courses from the hackers website? Oh, I think I already answered that one. Yep, yep. Do you have a Darknet Diaries episode yet? No. And my, my story really isn't special enough for that, right? I mean... Sorry. To be fair... Bryant, to be fair... I don't like any RMM. I really don't. Um, and that's from a security standpoint. You are essentially deploying a paid command and control system. And you're using a cloud platform that you have almost zero security implementations that you can do. Almost zero logging that you can do on that RMM platform. Um, and thus ticketing. So essentially you are standing up an infrastructure that is used by threat actors a lot. Including Screen Connect and some of the other, you know tools that are out there uh, anything that allows for a free trial um, and they will massively uh, so MSPs unfortunately are a massive vector because you can compromise one company and gain access to 50 100 200 300 individual companies that that MSP is you know doing the IT for so and it's very, very easy for them to, to p make that pivot. Why? Because, again, they've been spinning up free trials with dummy accounts. And they know how the system works. And they can quickly pivot. Sorry. A little hiccups and burps going on over here. Sorry if you're able to hear that. Um, so, and Altera just, it seems like cheap garbage. 
to me. But that's just me on the outside looking in. But again, I don't like any any sort of command and control system. I, I really, really, really don't. <laughs> kind of. You know, the, the thing is... They... Yeah, it's just... Like I said, I've already kind of beat that one up. Keto, holy crap, bud. Um, come down. To be fair, you know, a lot of people... You weren't taken seriously unless you were busted by the feds or something like that. Unfortunately. Um, you know, there is that... Uh, that line that uh... yeah I could probably play this without getting a copyright strike to be honest with you uh... off play this in the back this is from dual core I'm, it's so old i seriously doubt this thing's actually i seriously doubt this will get copyright struck Drink all the booze, hack all the things. That's how we're doing it this year. Not every geek with a Commodore 64 can hack into NASA. See, that, that line right there. Not a geek on the street with a Commodore 64 can hack into NASA. That was that was the thing. Can hack into NASA. If you want to hear that whole thing, I'll put it in the chat here. Um... Let's see. Would you like me to slow really, really far down? <laughs> Kimberly can mix it. How could you want? Wow, wow, wow. You know, thank you for your service. Um, yes, I because this stream does not get political is supposed not to get political in nature. I see you. I don't know what branch you were, but Marine Corps here, Simplify if you're there, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're very limited on options and you need coffee, so, but yeah. Yes, ma'am, Miss Kimberly can fix it. I see you over here in mod chat. Sorry. <laughs> um, Alright, Roland. So I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to try to butcher your last name, Roland, because I'll do a horrible job at it. Would lab work and project-based portfolio increase the chance of being hired? Absolutely, lab work, yes. Sort of, I guess. I mean, if it's part of a CTF or something, maybe not. 
Um, but again, that shows initiative, right? So rolling. Um, sorry, I would show your question over here, but I'm trying to get caught up because mods are yelling at me, rightfully so. Because I'm kind of over here being a massive space case. Um, coming in from LinkedIn, uh, Samantha Brady, what do you get? What if you got it from a reputable distributor? I don't know if what that question is referring to, Samantha Brady. I'm assuming it's going to be about my stance on command and control with RMM tools. But please place your clarifying question in there, Samantha Brady, if you're still with us. Uh, from Love and Business, is there a good course or route to understand NIST for beginners? I don't know. I do know there's a lot of things out there on the internet. Um, you know, worksheets and things of that nature that will walk you through. Um, and I think that's even here. Let's let's go down a rabbit hole, shall we? Come on. Yep, of course. I'm not sure what it is I'm pressing that starts restream to go freaking goofy. Um, NIST 800. 171 um, I think this is it let's see what this looks like there is a comment from mods, um, Jessup, um, about the GRC is a good place to start. Yeah, this is actually what I was thinking of right here. Um, so I will post this in chat as well. So this is one that will actually say, you know, what, uh, what the identifier is, which is the control, uh, what is sorted as in there. It will give you the security requirement, like limit system access to authorized users preventing actions on behalf of authorized users and devices including their systems and it gives you that discussion right uh it, it breaks it down so i don't know if joseph you've taken the grc as part of your employment requirements here um do you think that and i haven't so i don't know i don't want to talk about my backside too much but does that grc kind of walk through this to some degree maybe so but either grc take a look at that excel spreadsheet that's a public resource i believe from nist itself um if i remember right let's see the readme 